today is the two debtors, the two debtors. I was a debtor. I owed a debt I couldn't pay. But thank God Jesus paid it and said that I could go free. Sometimes I wonder if we really realize how blessed we really are. Sometimes I wonder if we don't sometimes think that God owes us something. But he does not owe us anything. But we owe God everything. We owe God everything. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house today. And I pray that we will open our hearts and our minds and get a vision of the lesson today that God has got for us. And we will always remember where God brought us from and where we are today. We didn't get here by ourselves, amen. But it was the power and the grace and the mercy of God that kept helping us get back up, get back up, try again, keep fighting, press on toward the mark. You're almost there, Sister Sonia. I hear that voice today telling me to press on. You're almost there. Don't look back. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't get discouraged. But keep your eyes on me. I'll carry you through just like I promised that I would do. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So good to have each one of you in the house of the Lord this morning. Our lesson is found in Luke, the seventh chapter, beginning with the 36th verse. We'll be finishing that chapter down to verse 50. Bear with me as we read these scriptures. Amen. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, amen, saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touched him, for she is a sinner. We have to remember, God knows the very intent of our heart. He knows our very thoughts, amen. So we have to be careful a lot of times. Even when we're thinking something and hadn't spoken it out, God still knows it. He still knows it, amen. So we have to be careful about that. And that's what he spoke about the Pharisee. God knew what he was already saying. And Jesus answered and said unto Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There, was certain, uh, there were a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both, telling them, therefore, which of them will love him the most. Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, See thou this woman, I entered into thy house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she had washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. 
Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, had not ceased from kissing my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they uh, that sat at meat with him begin to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sin also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. God bless you. This morning you may be seated. The two debtors. Wherefore I say seven, verse seven, uh, this chapter seven, verse forty-seven. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom is, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Amen. Once Jesus hung up his carpenter apron, he walked into a ministry of teaching the world around him about the kingdom of God. Jesus chose to teach many of his lessons as stories or parables. Parables were stories about people or things most people would understand. Thank God a lot of that he broke down so as we could understand them and have a better understanding. They, they were the lens that Jesus gave to the people he taught to give them a glimpse of the glory of the kingdom of God. He shared one such parable with a holy man named Simon. As the setting uh, sun tossed long shadows on the street, Simon came bursting through the door. His servants had seen that look before. That look meant overtime. Right after Simon burst through the door, another man followed him, followed by a crowd who had been following him. The servants scurried back into the kitchen and dipped out more soup for all that Simon's guests. Simon was called a Pharisee. He was one of the holy men in Israel who kept the law to its fullest extent. He was conscious to dot every I and careful to cross every T. A Pharisee were members of a party that believed in the resurrection and in the following legal uh, uh, traditions that were ascribed not to the Bible but to the traditions of their fathers. The Pharisees paid a great deal of attention to the outward ordinances and actions that would make them appear righteous, but they were not as concerned uh, uh, with, the actual, with actually being righteous in their heart. For this, Jesus referred to them as hypocrites. The Word of God tells us that Jesus looks on the heart, not just the outer appearance, but he looks on the heart. And I believe the reason for that, because when we get, when we get Jesus in our heart, we don't have to worry about the outer appearance because it will make the changes that are necessary. Amen? And that's, but so many times we see a, a, a religious group today uh, that's more concerned about people looking at them and seeing their outward righteousness rather than seeing that in, inward righteousness. 
But God's more concerned about our love for him, first of all, and then our love for each other. Because if we have the true love of God, we're going to be looking at the heart of people and trying to reach down into that heart and realize that, that that's where we want God to live in that heart. Because when God gets down in that heart, he can change everything. Amen. We can dress to the top notch as we call ourselves Pentecostals and, and we do have traditions and we do have laws and, and standards and I thank God for them because I do believe a lot of times uh, that that's what people recognize us as a Pentecostal if that means anything to us. Uh, amen. It's just another name over the door. To us, but nevertheless, we do have standards that a lot of the, the religious world does not have. But that's not what I'm most in, uh, uh, that's most important to me that I want God to acknowledge about me. Have I got His love in my heart? Amen. Do I love Him more than I love anything in this world? Do I love my brother, my sister? Amen. Do I love that soul out there that's not like me, that may not dress like me, that may not walk like me, that may not have come to the fullness knowledge of the truth yet? Have I still got love in them? Can I sit down beside them? Can I put my arm around them? Can I love them just like I love my brothers and my sisters? Amen. I'm here to tell the church today that that we need the love of God more than we need anything else in our hearts or even on the outside of our bodies. Amen. Even though that God has set some standards for us to be examples about. That's not what we most should be the word about. If we get if we get God and his love down in the hearts of the world today, the world will change. I said the world will change, amen. When did the world change from loving God the most to the world and desiring to have power and money and all these kind of things? That's when they took God out of their heart. That's when they put him and left him behind. That's where they took everything that reminded them about God. That's when they wanted to dispose of it and get rid of it. Amen. Because God was standing in their way of what they really wanted to be. Amen. But let me tell you, the church still puts God first. Amen. The church wants to represent God. So we put God first in our lives. And when we put God God first, God is going to shine through us because everything that we talk about, everything we think about, everything that means anything to us is going to have God attached to it. Amen. That wasn't always so with the Pharisees. They wanted people to see them for how they dressed. They had a, I'm better than you attitude we don't want that attitude church because there's one thing that we got to remind ourselves of that was me one day out there this old girl was us one day we were lost in sin but thank God for the mercies of God and I said it's 
I said it, I believe, last Sunday. I, I there's one thing that I have never seen and can't find it in the Word of God is where God ever turned anybody away. I don't care who it was, if they had a disease, he would lay hands on them. He wasn't afraid of no disease. Come on, church. He wasn't afraid of no sickness. He wasn't afraid of all these things. If they were lost and undone, if they smelled bad, looked bad, or whatever, God was not afraid to be their friend. Come on. He was no respecter person. Amen. Pride. Pride and self-righteousness will keep us uh, from being who we need to be. Let me say that again. Pride and self-righteousness will keep us from being who we ought to be. Amen. But when we give, when we got God down in our heart, it don't matter who we are. There is no respect a person. There is no color. There is no smart and dumb people. There's no big eyes and little U's. Amen. But we all the same in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. We all are the body of Christ. And we are the ones that he He's coming back after, amen, and I want to be in that number, amen. I said, I want to be in that number. But we have to be careful not to let those things get into our hearts and our lives. He was especially curious about, it's talking about Simon, he was especially curious about this man, Jesus, who grew up in Nazareth and had just raised a, a widow a woman's son back to life. Simon had been taught that only God can work those wonders. How did Jesus? Simon wanted to know if, if everything everyone was saying about Jesus was true. Was he really the Messiah? Or was he just another man trying to be God? Why, uh, while, they stripped their, uh, while they sipped their suit and talked, once more, one more guest made her way in. She quietly and quickly walked through the crowd and stopped at Jesus' feet. Tears flowing from her, uh, from her flushed face, Simon's servant looked at each other, wondering which one of them would be the floor bouncer. God help us not to have that kind of attitude. As she wept, her tears fell on Jesus' feet, washing off some of the dust from the dusty city streets, she knelt down and let her long, dark hair down as she began to wipe uh, tears with her hair from Jesus' feet. She <clears throat> cracked open a beautiful alabaster box she had brought with her and poured her sweet perfume on Jesus' feet. This, worship, this worshiping woman kept weeping and pouring perfume and kissing uh, Jesus' feet the whole time, she had not whispered a word. But her worship screamed of her love for Jesus and thankfulness for what he had done for her. We're not here today to put on a show. When we run, when we shout, when we worship, we're not putting on a show. But we're letting our love for Jesus scream out. We're, we're expressing our gratitude. We're expressing our love for what he did for us. Amen. When he reached down and pulled us out of the gutters and brought us into the place where we had come to know him as our personal Savior. So don't allow anybody, don't allow anybody to, to, to make you ashamed of your worship. 
Amen. I know where he brought me from. I know what I was. Nobody can tell me, amen, about God like I can tell you about his love. Amen. You can tell me what you what he done for you, but you can't tell, tell anybody, express it in the way that I can what he done for me. Amen. So if you see me raise my hand or if you see me shout or if you see me run, don't be offended. It's just my way of telling God how much I love him. Amen. Praise God. I realize there's coming a day I may not be able to shout. I may not be able to run, but I can still sit on a pew and clap my hands to him. I can still raise a hand. I can still shout hallelujah. I can worship him. Amen. The word of God said she never whispered a word, but she was worshiping him in her own way. She was crying out, and she was wiping his feet with her tears amen and loving him and kissing his feet as she wept her tears fell on Jesus' feet washing off some of the dust the whole time she, she had not whispered a word but her worship screamed of her love for Jesus and thankfulness for what he had done for her no one else in that room really knew what he had done for her. But they all knew that she was a sinner woman. A, a holy and even uncomfortable hush fell as everyone heard only the, the soft weeping of this wicked woman. Simon the Pharisee was shocked. He wanted to stand and yell, sinner. But he just sat there and pulled his righteous robe tightly against his chest. There was no way Jesus could be a prophet, else he would have known how filthy and unworthy this woman was. Jesus, Simon began uh, devising a way to toss Jesus and his wicked worshiper out of his holy house. My God, help us, Lord. Even there's times when we don't. You know, people may not get rid of things as fast as we might have. And they keep struggling with it and struggling with it and struggling with it. And that's when we need to bear down even more and pray. We don't need to toss them out. We don't need to condemn them. We don't need to push them away. We don't need to shun them. But we need to bear down a little bit harder because there's chains there. That's got them bound down just like me and you. Amen. Amen. I had to go back and I had some addictions and I had problems that I knew that I couldn't deal with and I couldn't get rid of. I tried and I tried and I tried, but I could not. But it took the power of God in my life. And don't think that God ain't talking to somebody that ain't where they're supposed to be. You don't need to talk to them. Let God talk to them. Let God deal with them. Let the loving, kind voice of God speak to them. Amen. Just like he did me and you and put grace out there and mercy that will follow us all the days. He said all the days of our life. Aren't you glad he put that in there? What if he just said the day you got the Holy Ghost, that's when grace is going to end for you. Now you're going to have to walk the straight and narrow. God knew from the very beginning we couldn't do it. 
That's why he said goodness and mercy is going to follow you all the days of your life. Amen. And that way we would dwell in the house of the Lord. We will keep coming back because we've got grace and we've got mercy to help us over our weaknesses, over our problems, over our troubles, over our trials. But while I'm encouraging the church not to condemn somebody that's bound by things, if you're here today and you're bound by a problem, don't you quit praying and doing everything you can to get rid of that problem. Don't just wait on Jesus to do all the work and take it away from you. He said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the words. And faith without works is dead. So we got to do our part. Amen. Until I did my part, God never delivered me. He convicted me, but he didn't just deliver me. But I had to work on being delivered too. And when I fell, I ran altar and I prayed and I asked God to forgive me and the devil said you know he's going to get tired of that but I thank God he didn't get tired of it before he got rid of it (laughs) he didn't get tired of it before I got rid of it hallelujah thank God and he's still walking by me today I'm telling you I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the mercy and the grace of God hallelujah that followed me through all that I've been going through hallelujah God forgive me for every time I condemned somebody God forgive me every time I said something that I shouldn't have said about anybody that's not doing what they ought to be doing I should have been praying instead of condemning it would have been a lot better. It would have it would have mounted to more than me condemning somebody. We've all been there. We've all said things that we shouldn't have said. Something that we didn't like, something that didn't go our way, or whatever. And we put a label on people sometimes. But you know what that label does? It binds us from receiving the blessings of God ourselves until we take that off and repent because the Bible says your sins has hid my face from you that he cannot do what he wants to do in our life God is here to bless God is here to heal God is here to deliver God is here to multiply abundantly above shaking down running over the blessings that he wants to put on us but sometimes we put a lid on our blessings that God can't pour no more in but when we take the lid off of it man and ask God to forgive us for all those things that we said Hope he don't make us go back to that person and and confess to them that we said something ugly about them. Hello? He does sometimes. And until we do it, we won't ever get released. Amen? We won't never have what we need. Whatever it takes, Lord, I want to be willing and I want to be obedient that I can have the blessings of the Lord because that means in this world to me the blessings of the Lord a man a man loaned um, I don't think I've been through this yet a man loaned money to two people 500 pieces of silver to one 50 pieces of silver 
to another. Unfortunately, when it came time to pay their creditor back, neither one of them could. The creditor knew what that meant. The debtors knew what that meant. Unpaid debt carried the threat of dark days and, and uh, debtors' prison. Slaving away for masters they neither knew or loved until they had paid the last cent. They gulped knowing that they were helpless to help themselves. But their creditor freely forgave them both and canceled their debts. They were free to go. Their debts were forgiven. This was too good to be true. Don't forget we were once forgiven of all of our debts. Let's don't put a debt on somebody that they can't pay and expect them to pay it. Then Jesus looked into Simon's dark brown eyes and asked him, Now, Simon, which of the debtors do you think loved me more? Simon swallowed hard and answered weakly, I suppose the one whose larger debt was forgiven. Jesus smiled. Simon relaxed a little, and Jesus nodded. You're right, Simon. Then Jesus turned to look at the weeping woman who was still pouring perfume on his on him and kissing his feet. Jesus then asked Simon, do you see this woman? Simon, when I came into your house this afternoon, my feet were dusty from walking the street. You rushed past me. And I want to stop just right there. How many times do we come into the house of God and we rush past Jesus or we rush Jesus where we need to be worshiping him, loving him, washing his feet, giving him praise. Because we've got things after church on my mind that's more important than that thing. So we rush him from the, from the things that he admires, and that's our worship. That's our love for him. Simon rushed him past the the basin where he washed his feet. He rushed him past the basin and the towel and into the dining room. You motioned me to sit down as you announce who I am and why I'm here, but you never once offered to wash the dust off of my feet. Jesus continued, but look at this woman. She has washed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. And Simon, you didn't greet me with a kiss, a simple standard sign of hospitality in those days. But since she came in here, she has not stopped kissing my feet. And you didn't even offer to anoint my head with oil. But she broke a, a beautiful alabaster box, a more beautiful and expensive perfume, and she poured the perfume all over my feet. We know in one place Jesus was being condemned and the person that did that was being condemned because they said it could have been used for something else. Whatever we have, we only got it because Jesus allowed us to have it. If it's the most expensive thing you got, we got to be willing to give it to Jesus. To let him have it. Because he gave it to us anyway. The room was silent as Jesus paused for seconds 
felt like hours. You are right about one thing, though. She is a sinner. Hearing Jesus call her a sinner made her shudder. She knew she was not worthy to wash his feet, but she hoped he did not know her past or her present. Isn't it amazing? God knew our past and knows about us right now. But still, he loved us then, and he loves us now. When I think about how many times that we carry a, a chip on our shoulder, I'll just say that, because of what somebody said or did to us, and we can't, it's just so hard, it seems, for us to forgive them and forget it and go on. And we let it weigh us down. We let it weigh us down. But Jesus knew all about me and you. No doubt, all the things we had ever said, we probably used his name a lot of times in vain. We didn't respect him. We didn't lift him up. We didn't love him like we ought to until one day when he filled us with the Holy Ghost. But he looked beyond all those faults. And he saw me. When I think about where I could be today, the Bible says hell is enlarging itself every day. I could be one of those that were there with never a hope to ever get out again. But because of him, I have hope today. I have a hope that he said, I am going to prepare a place for you that, I, that where I am, you can be also. I'm looking for that place, and I'm not going to let anything keep me from making heaven my home. I know what i got to do to make it. I've sat in here under the ministry. I've read the Word of God. There's no use trying to deny it. There's no use trying to get around that truth because he said the only way that we could even see heaven or we couldn't even see it if we had never been born again. So what i got to do, i got to do it now while I've got a time. This whole world is not my home. It's just a, it's just a dressing room. Every day that we've got a breath to breathe and live, we ought to be so thankful when our feet hit that floor. Thank you, God. You give me another day to do a better job, to live for you, to be a better prayer warrior, to be a better servant, to be a better giver, to be a better whatever you need me to be, whatever you want me to be, God. Just show me, tell me, and I'm not going to complain about it. I want God to get all the glory. If I, if I just got a dollar to put in, I want God to get the glory for that dollar. Or if I've got 500 to put in, it's not for nobody else to see. I'm not trying to get any praise, glory, or honor. For anything I give, I'm giving it to God because God gave it to me and he provided for me. And I never have sat down at my table one time and went hungry. There's always been food on my table. Amen. I've always had shoes on my feet and I've had clothes to wear probably more than I really ought to have. But I've been blessed by 
by the goodness and the mercies of God. And whatever I do, I'm not doing it for any glory. I don't need that pat on the back. Even though I enjoy when people say, you've done a good job today, that's just, I enjoy that. But I don't have to have that to work for God. I'm doing it because of his love, his mercy for me, and what he has done for me and where he has brought me from. And that's the difference in this woman and the Pharisee, Simon. He was doing it for his glory. She was doing it because she woke up and realized one day, hey, I'm a sinner. I need help. I need God. I need somebody to pay a debt that I owe that I can never pay. Hallelujah. Hearing Jesus call her a sinner made her shudder. She knew she was not worthy to wash his feet, but she hoped Jesus did not know her past or her present. But he clearly did. How would he respond? Would Jesus judge her like the others judged her? Perhaps like Simon had. Simon had not uh, as Simon was not as wicked as this woman. In I would have to say, in one respect, his pride—that's wicked. To sin, it will send us to hell. But he was not as thankful as her either. Perhaps her, our testimony is the same as Simon's. Maybe we have been blessed to be part of a godly family all of our lives. Perhaps our testimony is, is God has kept us from scars he does not, uh, he does not have to heal uh, for, from us. If so, we should be abundantly thankful because we have been uh, abundantly blessed. Thankful, thankfully, God loves us and forgives sinners like Simon and, this, and sinners uh, like us. Thankfully, we have the opportunity to show God gratitude for his forgiveness through our worship. But what if our story is more like hers? And there's a lot of us got those stories in this room. And some of us were raised in a, a Christian home, and thank God for that. You don't have anything to be ashamed of because you didn't have the world in your life. And you wasn't bound by chains and addictions. And, but that don't keep us from loving God just as much. If we just had one little sin, and God forgave us of that one little sin, we still owe him our everything. Because sin separates us from God. And if he forgave us of that little sin that we did, we should owe him for everything just like the one that he forgave much for. We, our praise, our worship should not be any less when we come into this house. And I know and I realize everybody don't shout and run and holler and praise like I do or somebody else does that does that. But there is going to be some kind of expression. You are going to let God know how thankful you are somehow. Because he said, don't be ashamed of me to do it down here. Don't be ashamed to worship me down here. 
don't be ashamed to praise me down here because if you're ashamed of me down here, I'm going to be ashamed of you in heaven. Amen. So if pride or whatever's got you bound down and you're not able to raise your you that's just a chain that's got you bound down. You don't know just how it feels uh, to be able to shout with joy and to run or to worship. It lets off depression. It lets off oppression. It, it kicks the devil out and it brings joy and it brings peace. So if you you can't get victory any other way. Why don't you try shouting? Why don't you try glorifying God? Why don't you run around the church? Do something that's not normal, that's out of normal for you to do and watch God release you. I remember when, and I hope she don't mind me saying this. She does. She can spank me later. I remember when Sister Tish when she first come here, she was raised in another denomination, and they didn't do all this that we do. Oh, how many times have I heard her say, I'm just not part of y'all. I'm not part of that bunch. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And all the time she knew she was, but she just had to let go and let God do what God wanted to do with her. But she was fighting that warfare. That devil wanted to convince her so bad she wasn't a part of this. But God done put a hook in that jaw. She'd get mad. She'd run out the door. She'd get in a hard car, and she'd sit out there. Sometimes she'd even go home. She'd always hear for me. She'd yak, yak, yak along, and her and Donna would go for hours over the phone. <laughs> Finally, they'd get it all lined down. But one day, she broke that chain that devil had on her, and she took off running around this church. And she hadn't stopped running yet. You know why? Because that was a release for her. Amen. She had to do that. And sometimes uh, we have to do whatever's out of the ordinary for us to do uh, and quit telling ourselves, well, that's not the way I am. I'm telling you, anybody that's ever been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and been healed, delivered, and set free, how can we not shout about it? How can we not praise God about it? How can we not lift him up? Amen. Amen. The devil don't want you doing that. But I'm telling you today, break the chains that's got you bound down and begin to let go and let God do what he wants to do. You don't have to walk out of here depressed. You don't have to walk out of here bound down. But you can walk out of here with joy, unspeakable and full of glory that the power of God is able, abundantly, to do abundantly above what you can even imagine. It's the enemy's job to keep us bound down where we can't worship. But worship signifies our love and our appreciation for God, for what he has done for us. Amen. Oh, if you would have been there when I got saved. If you just seen the night I got saved, I didn't know nothing about him. Oh, dusty floor, I ain't going to be no holy roller. I'm not going to get out there and roll like them folks do. I'm not saying God requires us to roll. But if that's what you say you ain't going to do, <laughs> maybe you might. <laughs> maybe you might. <laughs> but you know, some of us, well, when we had hair, God put a streak down through there so we don't have that pride no more. And every little hair was in place. Your clothes was all nice. And 
Back then days, there was an old plank floor when them saints shouted, the dirt would jump up out at you. <laughs> but I want you to know when the Holy Ghost come in, it didn't matter if the floor was dirty, if it was a plank, or if it was carpet. Amen. When the Holy Ghost got in there, I want you to know God turned all that around. He knocked that old pride out. And he put some joy down in my soul. And he put a hunger and a desire to be back in the house of God. Not just to get baptized. Not just to get the Holy Ghost. But to keep on traveling on. Anybody feel like traveling on? Well, you should sing that old song. I feel like traveling on. I feel like traveling on. My home is. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. I feel like traveling on. And I know you don't like my singing down here, but I'm going to sing in that choir one of these days. <laughs> the devil don't like it either, but I'm going to keep singing anyhow. Even if this is in the shower, well, I got to shut the door. I don't know something about the shower, you know, you're locked in there and it just got a vibe or something. It just makes you sound so good. But you get in front of people and it sounds, your throat gets all crackly and everything. You, you feel like you're not really doing a good job. I done lost my place. Jesus answered Simon's question before Simon had a chance to ask it, that that's why she had showed me such love. But Simon, a person who had been forgiven of a little, with only, would only love a little. Um, this act of worship was, an, was not an act. That's what I said. We're not here to put on a show. It's not an act that we as Pentecostals do when we come to church and clap our hands and worship God. We're not put on a show or an act for anybody, but it is a way to show God, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for filling me with the Holy Ghost. I thank you for victory. I thank you for deliverance. I thank you for breaking every chain off of me and giving me peace. Because there was a time when we couldn't shout. There was a time when we couldn't worship because Satan had us bound down. But thank God, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Only way that we're going to have eternal life is through him. Hallelujah. He is the way, the truth, and the life forevermore. So it's only through him. Simon, he liked to show his outer appearance. He liked to show all that off. He liked to cross every T and dot every I in the law. But he didn't know nothing about serving the Lord. Didn't even recognize God when God showed up. Come on. And on top of that, he was like the world is today. They want to kick God out because he healed somebody. Because he set the captives free. Isn't that amazing? The hate, the bitterness the world has today because somebody gets healed, delivered, and set free or somebody gets filled with the Holy Ghost and their life change and even families, husbands, wives, or children or, or parents want to 
going to down them because they got a brand new life. They've been delivered and set free. My precious mama and I love her with all my heart, but whenever I got the Holy Ghost, and I came home, and I didn't realize that she had had the Holy Ghost before. And that's what was really bugging her. Because I had it, and she, she let it go. But she said, now look, you're young. you got plenty of time to serve the Lord. And why don't you just, why don't you just do your thing on Sunday. And when that time comes, you can serve the Lord. I said, Mama, this is time to serve the Lord. God didn't convict me when I was living in that little apartment in Homa by myself, when I could have been kicking up my heels, doing whatever. But there was a conviction that I didn't even know what was. But the reason that conviction was there, because I had a grandma that I heard a menu prayer calling my name out. Amen. And she never quit. Every day she was calling that name out. Every night when I lay in that bed, I could hear her calling my name out. Not just mine, but all of her kids and all of her grandkids. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Don't give up, Mom. Don't give up, Dads. Your prayer is working. Those children may act like they don't care. They're, what they are doing may look like they don't care. But down in that heart, i got to believe that my prayer is greater than the powers of darkness and hell. I gotta believe it's just like a hammer that's beating on that that shackle that's got them bound down. I gotta believe that my prayer is a reason. One day I'm gonna see them in the house of God, running up and down these aisles, of praising God and worshiping God, because greater is He that is in me and you than He that is in the world. Come on, church, stand to your feet today and let's give God some praise for victory today. Hallelujah, Lord! Thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost that you have put in your people. God, help us to press forward toward the mark for the prize of the higher calling in you. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, we praise you. God bless you today, church, for being here in Sunday school. Shake somebody's hand. Greet them. Tell them you're glad to see them this morning. We change the order of the service.